Hail Dictinus, grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Let's take a minute to talk about spellbooks, since in this day and age, when magic is no longer taught in the schools, or is, at best, an elective like home economics, very few people have the experience with spellbooks that they used to. Welcome to Editing Your Book, the 200th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of author Ursula Vernon. You may call me Ode. Mary Meet, my name is Gwyn, I'm Ode's mother, and oh my god! 200 episodes! 200! I can't believe we made it to 200! <laughs> That's fucking amazing! Holy shit! And yes, yeah. I'm going to say all the swears because we are an, an explicit, explicit podcast! podcast. <laughs> Oh my god, seriously, that I can't even believe we made it to 200. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We're doing editing your book this week. It's going to be we're going to do kind of a retrospective of our first series, which was the building your book series, but before all that, we got to start with housekeeping. So do we have any housekeeping? No. Okay. We're done with <laughs> housekeeping. <laughs> we're house kept and house swept. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so so our very first series that we ever did on this podcast was the building your book series. That's right. Which we started on episode five. Oh my god, that was so fucking long ago. <laughs> I know. And it was because I remember we decided to do that because we had, you know, we were first gonna do the whole the moon monthly series. Because originally we were gonna do the podcast monthly. Once a month, yep. And then we went to bi weekly uh-huh. because we had the emergency second episode. Uh-huh. And then we had the kind of oh well if we did if we're this already we then do yeah another one. And then we thought we really should do a series, mm-hmm. you know, and so... To give us structure. And the first one that we chose was Building Your Book, How to Create a Grimoire or uh-huh. a Book of Shadows, uh-huh. since we are a witchy podcast. Uh-huh. Whatever your path, it's always good to have your... A record. A record of what you're doing, whether you practice witchcraft, magic, whatever. And we didn't really at the time have a sense of how long we would talk about things. <laughs> no. Like now, now I can kind of tell like when a topic is going to give us enough for an hour's worth of discussion right and when we're going to need to like batch a couple of things together Mm -hmm. or when we're going to need to split something up into multiple episodes Mm -hmm. i can kind of tell now when we have about an hour's worth of talk ahead of us but that was so long ago right which is about where we try like we try to aim the podcast to be about an hour long a little longer a little shorter whatever Mm -hmm. but at that time we had no idea how long it would take us to talk about anything so we're just like well we probably can't cover this all in one episode so we we sat down and we were like all right what are all the like the topics under discussion Mm -hmm. vis-a-vis book of shadows Mm -hmm. grimoire and we just sort of arbitrarily broke them up into like two topics per episode and that lasted us for six episodes yeah yeah it was a it was a good but it was a good series it was it was Mm -hmm. and remains still i believe one of Uh, one of our strongest performing series yeah Yeah. that and wheel of the year and the wheel of the year yeah Yeah, the one which i really think our first year was pretty much dominated by building your book and the first wheel of the year series yep yep (laughs) like we had a couple of other episodes thrown in there but that was by far the bulk of our recording for that That first year well and we were (laughs) bi-weekly uh-huh yep so that's why probably yeah it's so funny now when i when i think back on it that was such a fucking long time ago it was it and was 2018. It was 2018. It was four years ago. Holy crap. <laughs> it I was just... more, it was four and a half years ago. Four it was a... early 2018. It was like February of 2018. Yeah. And we're moving into our fifth year uh-huh. in December. Yeah. So holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. It's unbelievable. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but it, it really is that we've been doing this for almost five years. Yeah. Feels truly absurd. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> 
and but still love it and we're glad people still listen mm-hmm. and but building your book it was one of our our mainstays mm-hmm. and it really drew in a lot of new practitioners yeah but also practitioners who had maybe gone away from their their craft or their path for mm-hmm. a while who had stepped away who had stepped away or who just had never put a grimoire or a book of shadows together mm-hmm. and wanted to have a, a format yeah that they could go by. Yeah, we had a lot of contact from people saying, like, yeah, we did. This, I, I have followed the building your book formula. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot, actually, in those early days. Uh-huh. A lot of emails, a, a lot of messages saying, hey, this is what I did or this is what I do, mm-hmm. um, including we had some who, who said how they put their books together electronically. Mm-hmm. So Rochelle says, so grateful you're still here doing this for our community after 200 episodes in almost five years. Thank you all for still being here. Yes. Listening to it. When we started, I truly did not think anyone would listen to this podcast. Oh, no. We we were hoping to maybe get 50. Uh-huh. At the We max. thought that would be sort of where it would max out. Yeah. And certainly not the Patreon support that you guys no. give us, which is amazing. And I don't think we even had the Patreon at the time we, no, we started didn't. the Building Your Book series. No, we, I don't think. Because we were still starting. So, we were still so fresh. We were like a month into it or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was really baffling and sort of humbling for people to suddenly be like, and I do think the Building Your Book series it must have the first episode must have gotten shared somewhere because we had like this sudden influx Mm -hmm. of especially new pagans yes who arrived right after we started the Building Your Book series. I think so. Well, I know that there was at least one coven that supported us and I believe still supports us today. Mm-hmm. And I think they might have been the ones who first started sharing. Yeah, and probably. it just kind of built from there. It yeah. was really amazing. But yeah, we got excellent feedback from people. Mm-hmm. We always love hearing from listeners through emails and comments in the Discord and obviously and in Facebook. and Even when we don't put your advice into practice. Like in those days, we got a lot of people being like, you all over talk too much. And we had to just be like, yeah, that's, that's true. That's, it's, it's not going to change. Sorry. That's part of our family dynamic. It's terrible. We know. <laughs> but uh, we do try. We do. We make an effort. We just aren't successful very often. That's true. We learned a lot, I think, from doing the Building Your Book series. I think we did. And, of course, we're still learning. There's mm-hmm. still improvements that we can make in various areas, which Ode and I want to implement over time. Mm-hmm. Tactical um, improvements, practical improvements. And I know we've said this for, for before and mm-hmm. continue, but podcasting, it's not easy. No. <laughs> There's a lot that actually goes into it. There is. It's a lot of work. I guess just for our 200th episode, we're going to look back at the Building Your Book series and some of the stuff that not only went into it, but how it evolved over time that you all might not be aware of exactly. as, as just podcast listeners. So. And, and also how it was one of the first things that we taught. Yeah. I think at Michigan Pagan Fest. I think it was. It was the very first time we taught a class, and it had been divided up into, into three, three classes, classes, and we realized that did not fucking work. Yeah, so the first time we ever went to... I mean, we had we attended convocation first, I yes, think. Yes, we did. Just for one day, and we loved it. And then Carr signed us up for <laughs> yes. classes without telling us. Yep, and famously. And he submitted the Building Your Book series, and you, like he submitted it as three classes, or I think he actually he may have submitted it as like one class, but he then, did. like, we need three hours. Yeah. Somehow it got divided into three days. Like, uh-huh. Three days. Yeah. So it was it was yeah. an hour apiece on three separate days across the duration of Michigan Pagan Fest. And we found that it really dragged it when we were trying to teach it as a class. Mm-hmm. 
Like it had been okay when we, because it took we, we spent about an hour on on each topic on each episode, and it was six episodes. So we were like, oh well, we'll have to sort of compress it and go really mm-hmm. fast when we're doing it in just three classes instead of in six episodes. And it was, but no, we were so wrong. It just dragged and dragged and dragged as a class. I mean, even we were, like, getting bored. Yeah. We were were getting bored with our own, like, content. content. We were like, holy shit, this sucks. No one is enjoying this. I can tell. I can (laughs) tell they're not enjoying this. And we only had, like, two or three people. Yeah, which, understandable. Yeah. But, yeah, so it was just, it was really boring. Like, we thought we had constructed it really well, but we had not constructed it well at all. But, to be fair, it was also the first time we'd ever taught in person. Yes. Which is a very different experience from talking on a podcast. It's a different dynamic. For one thing, it it can't be edited. (laughs) Right. Elle says the kitten trails might have been a factor. And yeah, absolutely. Because when we do the podcast, when we were doing Building Your Book, Carr was still editing the podcast. He never did as intense of like a content edit as I do. Yeah. But like now, the podcast that is edited is usually about 15 minutes shorter than the Mm -hmm. recording. Yep. Because I cut out the points where jokes don't land, or we have these long rambling Rambles. digressions that don't lead anywhere interesting. Or we repeat the same thing. Exactly. Gwen and I both are we're notoriously bad about like repeating our points three or four times. We're terrible. So I'll leave in the best take of that point and mm-hmm. cut out the rest of yep. them. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of content editing for the podcast, and you can't do that in person. Nope, nope. You just you have just, to get it right the first time. You just You just get to hear the whole thing. <laughs> Kind of like when you listen during the live recording. Exactly. You get the whole smash. <laughs> you get Errors, to... phone calls, and all. Uh-huh. You get to hear the phone calls. You get to hear the, <laughs> the bad jokes that I cut out. You get to hear the long silences where we're trying to remember a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or find where the fuck we are on our notes. Uh-huh. Or, Which like, happens to me notoriously. I am also notoriously bad at, like, getting halfway through, like, a long run-on sentence and then losing track of where I started it. <laughs> Being like, where the fuck was I going? So Elle said, oh, to take a, a machete to the podcast every week. That's, That's yeah. true. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that is very true. But they do a great job. I try. And then you get you get the streamlined version. Right, in the in the edit. In the edit. But so that was something we discovered with doing the teaching is that like you can't there is no room for that. No. There's no room for kitten trails, there's no room for digression. So the second time we taught the class, yep. we tr- we were like, "All right, we'll fix it." <laughs> We're going to fix it and make it better. So our solution was, well, we'll have timers. We'll set it up so that like each of us talks for a specific amount of time about a specific topic in the syllabus mm-hmm. and then move on to the next person for their specific amount of time. And that improved things a little bit. Mm-hmm. So so the second time we taught it, we were like, all right, all we, right yeah. we, we know what we did wrong last time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was better. It was cleaner. It was a little easier to follow. Mm-hmm. But it still wasn't like super compelling. Yeah. And we very much felt like, does this need to be a class? Yeah. There was a real question about that. Yeah. And like car especially was always sort of driving us to be going and teaching at events as like a, a networking thing. But Gwen and I were both very like, well, if we have to teach, can we teach something else? Because this one's not really working. It's not landing. It's just, yeah, it's just not landing. It's not working. Certainly it's not it's not working as well as it does in the podcast format. Because like I said, those are still some of our most popular episodes mm-hmm. that still get shared around today. And we still occasionally get people sending us emails being yeah. like, hey, I just listened to your Building Your Book series. Here's what I'm doing. And we're like, oh my God, that was so old. It was, it was so long ago. Yeah. It's so long ago. The event following that one, mm-hmm. I think, was when an event coordinator, and I, 
I don't remember which event it was. I think it might have been convocation. So it might have been the one. We might have taught it regular style three times. I think so. Because we might have done it again at Michigan Pagan Fest. I don't remember. The next year's convocation, they asked us, can you do the Building Your Book series light for teens? Because mm-hmm. they needed to fill a teen slot. That's right. It was purely a programming thing. They just had, like, not enough classes f- that were designated as for teens. Mm-hmm. So they were like, well, can you make this a for teens class? And we were like, yeah, probably, sure. We'll just, like, condense it. And we ended up calling that the ultra high-speed edition of Building mm-hmm. Your Book because we thought, well, we had already condensed the material so much to make it fit in three classes. To make it fit in one class, we'll just be, like, skimming the material. In, like, an hour and a half. Uh-huh. And we were like, well, this is just going to be super, super fast, and we'll just do it this once. Mm -hmm. so that we can fill this teen class time slot for the program coordinators just just to make things easier for them. And we taught it that way, and it was the best way we'd ever taught it ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was so good. And then we taught it at the next Michigan Pagan Fest, I believe, in the high-speed edition. Yeah, the ultra-high-speed edition became the only way we taught this class. And it's the only way I would ever teach this class again, I think. You don't need to spend... Like, it's... I like the the episodes. Oh, yeah. I think we covered a lot of information. I think they're good. I think they're comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are things probably that I would change now in terms of how information is delivered in a class format it really just makes more sense to just go through it all really fast Mm -hmm. and then what we did was we opened up like a question session at Mm -hmm. the end Mm -hmm. and we came up with like a sheet a handout that has a bunch of like questions that you can answer for yourself about what your book building process Mm -hmm. looks like or contains or how you relate to it based on the information presented in the class so Gwen actually dug up I did our ancient printed handout that we brought to the ultra high speed edition classes and it will be uploaded for our leopards and above get to see our <laughs> our uh, program notes as it were uh-huh. and you get to see this very ragged oh my god yeah it was at the bottom of a box it was it's the only copy that i could find uh-huh. yeah i don't know what happened to the others the others are just mysteriously gone i found this one and only ragged copy mm-hmm. so it's gonna be it's got tears it's terrible it's, it's, oh my it's god all, it's but, sad but you can read the text so what we did when we did the original Building Your Book series, mm-hmm. is we had, we started with history, mm-hmm. then we talked about materials. Mm-hmm. What do you call your book? Is it a grimoire? Is it a book, uh, of, shadows. A book of shadows? A, a, a journal? Book, a book of mirrors. Different things that different groups mm-hmm. have called their magical books. And then we talked about lists, correspondences, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. We talked about instructions. How do you handle baneful materials? Things that you do and how you would work with them in mm-hmm. your in your spellcraft or in your rituals. Tools of the trade. That was a very popular Yeah, episode. and that was, that was an interesting one that I was never quite sure about including mm-hmm. because I felt like tools and books were different things. Mm-hmm. And like, in a way, the book was a tool. Mm-hmm. But we ended up including it, I think, for symmetry. I think so. Yeah. And then we talked about calendar systems, course divination. We did a big episode on divination. Yeah, we did. And in, how do you include it in your book? And then finally, the, you know, what some people would consider the most important part of, mm-hmm. a, of a magical book, ritual and spellcraft. Yeah. And, so that's and what we have. recording your, your spell work. Yeah. And so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
nine mm-hmm. uh, basic topics. And I think in in the actual series, we also in, included a section on herbalism. Yeah. Which might have been folded in with the tools of, of the it, trade. It did. It got folded in, and then later I did a, a, a whole, whole separate episode separate because episode. we got a lot of feedback from people that they weren't satisfied with the, the herbalism content in that episode. I think because what we ended up mostly covering mm-hmm. was just, like, the disclaimers. Yeah, yeah. You did put in a lot of disclaimers. Uh-huh. Oh, especially back then was yeah. very very disclaimer heavy yeah yeah <laughs> I was really concerned about people understanding that like we weren't experts and don't take our word as gospel and always check with your physician and as, as loop guru 860 says the warning episode the warning episode yeah yes. where I just I basically just spent the whole episode being like be careful more careful than that <laughs> really did <laughs> talk to a doctor don't listen to us <laughs> It was it was a little over the top. Uh-huh. A little over the top. <laughs> Tried to rein it in. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I had a lot of anxiety at the time. I think because it had just sort of occurred to me that because a whole bunch of people were listening that I hadn't expected to be listening. Right. It had just sort of dawned on me that like, oh shit, people are going to like assume we know what we're talking about. <laughs> They're going to assume that like, assume we have some kind of expertise or special knowledge on these subjects. And I was very much like, no, we don't. Please don't take my word as anything important. <laughs> We always, even from the beginning of the podcast, and we remain to this day, mm-hmm. we are practitioners, we are sojourners mm-hmm. on our individual paths, walking this as a family, walking it together, walking it with you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're like, this is our opinion. These are the things we've learned. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make us experts. So do the, you know, do yeah. double check us, do your research. That's why we've always made those caveats. And I think that was the episode where it just hit me. Yeah. Especially because herbalism is a topic where you can get yourself like seriously fucked up if you do it badly. Right. Like if you ingest something you shouldn't or right. if you misidentify a plant or whatever. That just like my anxiety hit the roof in that episode. Uh, Githa is asking, with how that class went, would you both teach a class in the future? Yeah, probably. I would love to do a Building Your Book 2.0 because this was... The the, updated. Yeah, the updated (laughs) ultra high speed edition. Uh And honestly, because we recorded these five years ago, four and a half, five years ago. Our perspectives have changed. Yeah, yeah, our perspectives have changed. We have new knowledge. Mm -hmm. We looked up some stuff like uh, one of the sites that Gwen recommended at the time. For people who want wanted either a really grand grimoire uh-huh. or something that was already put together. A site called BrahmsBookworks.com, mm-hmm. and that site's no longer in operation. Yeah, I can only assume that along with many other... Yeah, uh, that they just went out of business. They went out of business because of COVID and whatnot. One of the other ones, though, that I did did recommend was Lapulia Book of Shadows, and they are still active. So we would update stuff like that. Yeah, like We'd yeah. update our, our links and our references. Mm-hmm. And there are some things I think I would probably take out. Like, I, I might remove tools of the trade from the content because I still don't really feel like it quite fits into the material. Well, I don't know if I agree with that because, uh, I mean, it's a it's about recording your journey and how you do your work and your witchcraft. It is, and I guess... I mean, there are some different tools that maybe different witches will use. Like, and not everybody might uses in a different way. Might use in a different way. Not I guess, everybody uses an athame. I guess what I would say is, like, if you're making your book... And this is something we covered quite a bit in the Building Your Book series, mm-hmm. is I guess the difference between writing a book for yourself, where I don't think it necessarily makes sense to, like, record how you use your tools, mm-hmm. versus writing a book for, like, future historians. Mm, yeah. Where, yeah. like, that kind of content is valuable. And I think part of that was, I don't know if we knew by then that we were going to be teaching 
interesting. The idea of being teachers when we very, or at least I very much mm-hmm. felt like I was still a novice in my practice mm-hmm. just felt absurd and disingenuous. <laughs> so I struggled with that a lot. And I, to some degree, even though we've done quite a bit of teaching since then, I still struggle mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It could also be a little imposter syndrome, which we've right. talked about before. Yeah, we got a, whole, episode, got a whole episode got about that. a whole that. episode on imposter syndrome. <laughs> Did do an episode on, on leaders and teachers mm-hmm. uh, with... Amavaran. Amavaran, yeah, which is a really good episode too. Yep, hats. With, yes, the different hats that mm-hmm. a person wears. And how sometimes that hat is thrust upon you. Yep. <laughs> without yep. your without your consent. Or a realization. One of the things we talked about when we were doing the Building Your Book series was mm-hmm. sort of how our individual books were designed. So, so Gwen, how has your book progressed? Well, I have two small grimoires. One is for just my regular spiritual path of green witchcraft, kind of earth deity mm-hmm. stuff that I, you know, I'll throw my spells into. I, di- I followed a lot of this pattern even bef- I think we took some of the some of the topics mm-hmm. was based on how I had crafted how you my had, own yeah, grimoire. Set out your, your book. And I included things like history and lists and instructions mm-hmm. and, and things and herbal herbalism and mm-hmm. things like that. I didn't do all of it, but a lot of it. And so I still will add like three quarters of it is full. So I'll still add spells or rituals, things that I want to remember into that book. But then I have a smaller separate one that is strictly Hakatian witchcraft mm-hmm. that, you know, has prayers and spells and rituals and, and things in there. But my son, mm-hmm. last Yule, yes. gave me this big, beautiful grimoire that is patterned after the practical magic yeah. grimoire with the different sections. And I'll be honest, I think the only thing I've done is so far is in uh, the- in the Theban alphabet, put grimoire uh-huh. and put a blessing on it, you know, and sealed uh-huh. it. Because I attend- my, my family gave me these these beautiful calligraphy. calligraphy pens and I was afraid and I tried it and I almost like I like scratched one of the pages and I was like shit <laughs> I'm gonna ruin this beautiful book so I haven't touched it since so I'm trying I need to find like I need to find like archival through. pen yes thank you the archival pen that won't bleed through the pages and things like that but I have the my plan mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. is to uh, transfer the information from both the smaller books and still keep the smaller books mm-hmm but transfer that into the larger grimoire and then continue to add information as I learn it into the larger grimoire and then someday pass it on to my children yes uh you know as a, a family grimoire yep you know jackson and i will inherit it yeah exactly keep adding to it and the like the, the front the bigger front half will be all the magic and ritual and spellcraft and and things of my path and then the mm-hmm. smaller will be the herbalism in the back so yeah. that's kind of where i'm at with my with my books i i still add to them but it's mostly spells and rituals now because i had put lots of information in both of them right so you've sort of already filled all that space yeah, that you need to. With the, you know, things like materials that I might Lists need. Lists of correspondences. The only thing I haven't done that I probably should do is list what I have in my apothecary. <laughs> Because I have a shit ton of things in my apothecary to yeah. use. And half the time I, sometimes I'll, you know, consult my spell book. But half the time I'm just going in there going, hmm, what feels right? Uh-huh, just following the vibes. Following the vibes. Which of my allies shall I work with for this do you, spell? Do you remember to record it afterwards? Sometimes. Yeah, that's very much where I'm at. <laughs> Which got, you're supposed to because, yeah, you know, then I can't replicate it. Exactly. If, if I don't remember to exactly. write it down. I did this to myself the other day where I did a spell mm-hmm. and I was like a few 
months later I was looking to to recreate it or to create something similar to it and I was like looking through my like four books because mm-hmm. I keep I have a paper problem so I keep getting like newer fancier mm-hmm. notebooks and accruing them and being like this one will be for this specific mm-hmm. kind of thing and that one will be for that specific kind of thing mm-hmm. so I'm like looking through all my spell books like which one did I write this down in <laughs> and the answer ultimately is none of them none of them you know what I tried to do with my grimoire my original one create a table of contents uh-huh and original and then I discovered that's completely useless oh no it doesn't work it's a com- it's I tr- completely I, yeah, useless no it's I tried that once and it's absolutely like yeah. a waste of time so I I try to just I, I'll end yeah. up thumbing through like yep. where the fuck did I put that charm? and I never <laughs> and I never organize my book as much as I want it to be organized yeah, yeah. it's always just like this page is a recording of a dream and this page is some correspondences I just found and this page is a, the record of a spell yeah. I just did and this page is a prayer to a deity and this page is some different correspondences I found but it is recorded uh, right so the so, dream is someday you organize those things yeah exactly which is why some people prefer to do their grimoires and their spell books in a digital in format. a digital format which is what Jackson does uh-huh. and uh-huh. Jackson unfortunately is not feeling well he was going to join us mm-hmm. he has done some amazing yeah, some really beautiful work. Beautiful work online in, in Google Docs. In, in Google Docs, his his entire grimoire, everything is online. So he is he is meticulously organized. Yep. But yet I have found that even I did organize it so that I can find things. It's the additions later that yeah. can be can be a little disorganized. Yeah. But. None of my shit's organized. I try so hard and I get absolutely nowhere with organizing my books. So I think that would be something that I would add into it. If we were to teach this again, figure out first how to organize it for myself and then find out from other people. Okay, so how do you organize your Book of Shadows? What will work for you? Because ultimately, a it Book of Shadows, be a grimoire, it, yeah, you just do what works for you. I get these journals intending to separate them out for different purposes, mm-hmm. and then that does not happen. So I'll be like, this will be the book where I record dreams, and mm-hmm. this will be the book where I record like my spiritual progress with Loki, and this will be the book where I record spells. And no, <laughs> it all ends up everywhere. <laughs> Something I'm now considering is that I might need to get some of those little... Um, oh, tabs? Yeah, some of those those little, like, those long post-it notes that you can just, like, yeah. stick in a book and have it. And so I make color code and yeah. put little post-it notes so that I can find what I'm looking for. That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Nobody said your grimoire or your book of shadows couldn't doesn't have to be indexed. Exactly. So, and since there's no other practical way to index a living piece of work like that, I mm-hmm. may just get a bunch of those little thin mm-hmm. post-it notes that come in, like, a thousand colors and mm-hmm. color code and index index my book just so that I can find the shit I'm I, looking I for. I might do that too. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Especially as I can start moving it into the bigger book. Yeah. It's not as good for archival purposes. Right. But it's good for the living books that I'm actively working on. Yeah. And so I think maybe what I'll do, I think when I when we did the original Building Your Book series, there was a certain degree to which I was like, here's my ideal vision of how right. I would put how I put a book together. Yeah. But it just doesn't match the reality of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So now four years on, I'm like, I'm just going to accept who I am mm-hmm. and I'm just going to write in whatever book happens to be closest to me when I'm trying to record something. Yeah. 
index it with little color-coded post-its, and then when a book fills up, I will properly reorganize it in a separate, like, finished book. Uh-huh, exactly. And I, I think that's something that we've learned in the in the four and a half yeah. years, is that... You gotta um, accept where you are. You gotta accept where you are, exactly. It's not a measure of who you are as a pagan or a witch or a druid or whatever yeah. your like spiritual not, path is. It's not a judgment. No, it's, it's not just, a judgment. that doesn't work for me. Exactly. I wish it did, because I find it, like, aesthetically appealing to have mm-hmm. like a well-organized uh-huh. book of shadows or a grimoire but it's just not how my brain operates in the day-to-day so it's just not achievable for me yeah. like it's probably something I could manage mm-hmm. but it would be such a struggle that it would take all the magic out of it for yeah. me yeah and I think the the important part is that you are recording what is important to you. Yeah. And I think that's what I would want people to know now. It's like, it doesn't matter if you do it in a specific format. Include or don't include, or don't all, include these all these sections. sections. Like, shit, if you want to take some index cards and mm-hmm. put things down and then stick them in a box. And like a recipe box. In a recipe box. If that works for you, mm-hmm. then that's perfect. Yep. You know. Write spells on the back of business cards and have a Rolodex. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, whatever works for you. And I, again, I, I do think... We were kind of idealistic we in were. the beginning. Yeah. So we, we shared that idealism mm-hmm. with people. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that sort of idealized vision, but right. I do think like now, yeah, definitely four years down the pike, and especially after a global pandemic right. and worsening inflation and all the shit that's happened since then, like I'm just I'm just not as willing to push myself mm-hmm. to to accomplish something like that that's not actually important to my practice. Right. I will say, you know, the work that I, I put in, the early work that I put in on my two grimoires, I value them because mm-hmm. I still use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I still use that information. I still will thumb the... I don't just do things by intuition. <laughs> I'm a very different witch four and a half, five years right. on than I was back then. Oh my God, yeah. I went back recently because I knew we were doing this episode and looked mm-hmm. at like my earliest entries from my first book mm-hmm. and I was like holy shit I don't do anything like this anymore yeah yeah exactly. and I wouldn't like it's not even like oh I've lost something from the start of my path it's just like I've, I've gone beyond it yeah. I don't need this anymore well like one of the things that we talked about either the first or the second episode of building your book was things like the threefold law mm-hmm. is it does it work for you in your practice mm-hmm. is it do should you, you include, should you include it? it lists of deities mm-hmm. do you need all those lists if you don't work with those deities, why would you need to have that yeah, listed well, and, in there? Yeah, and like, I know a lot of people who the, like, even if you're only listing the deities you work with, I know a lot of people who that list changes. Mm-hmm. Like, deities come in and out of their yeah. lives all the time. Like, I have had new deities swan in and be like, hey, sup, not even from my, my traditional pantheon. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I've gotten much more relaxed about that kind of thing as yeah. well, I think. Um, and calendars, I never used okay. the, the calendars. As you can tell from the fact that every time it's a holiday during recording, I have to tell y'all the day of that we're not recording that day. I can't keep track of holidays still to this day. <laughs> Lukaru says there's a bullet journal method where you highlight the edge of the page with a marker or washi tape to color code based on a set index. This is another reason I wish Jackson could be on this episode. Because does he does that. He does bullet journals. He does. He does bullet journals. He's He's got the whole thing wired. Yeah. He loves yep. that. Charla says that she loves the book she found. It looks fancy enough to be a magical book on the outside, but it's a binder so she can organize and reorganize as she likes oh, and see, can print nice. stuff. Yeah, a binder is a, such a good solution to a, a magical book or a, a grimoire or a spell book of any kind mm-hmm. just because it is so versatile. Yeah, and I think the thing too is like sometimes if, if you're like me, I do love a, a, a good witchy aesthetic mm-hmm. when it comes to my books. That's my, part of my problem. That's why I have so many journals that 
and only have like three pages filled out. My original grimoire is just a small leather-bound journal, but it ha I think it has the Tree of Life on it and mm -hmm. it has a tie yeah. you know, that's a leather strap. feels like a grimoire. And, mm -hmm. you know, second one, the Hecatean one, one that Jackson got for me. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was to be for herbalism, and then I was drawn to work with Hecate, and it became all about her. <laughs> I've got a leather-bound book that is actually embossed with the symbol of the Inquisition from Dragon Age oh my gosh. on it. And that's the book. And it's got, like, a little chain that uh, it closes with, like, a, yeah. like a wrought iron nail and I use that as my Loki book. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I've got uh, like a wooden bound but like it's the covers are made of wood and mm. then it's got like a leather binding that has a brass world on the front cover. Planet Earth basically mm -hmm. and I still haven't even touched that one. Right. Because that I think is the one I'm saving for when I'm ready to finally organize the end of my working book. Mm -hmm. But my working book isn't finished yet, so I haven't opened right. this one yet. And yeah. So like, I've, and then I've got like two or three working books where I'm just like, hypothetically, this one was going to be a dream journal, but yeah. actually no, like, it's a nightmare. Said I tried using the books and finally said fuck it and started using Google Drive. That's what Jackson does, I, I and do. a lot of people do use electronic devices in Google. I keep forgetting to mention this. In addition to all of my paper notebooks that I have, I do also have an entire folder on my computer mm -hmm. that is just titled RELIGION in all caps. Mm -hmm. And it's just full of subfolders and PDFs, illustrations, and mood boards I've made for different gods yeah. and shit like that. And it's all in there and I have no idea if or when I'm ever gonna print it out. But see, here's the thing is like, I don't think it has to be all or nothing. You know, you don't, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, oh, I only use Google Drive or oh, I only use physical copies. Yeah, that's why I'm saying like, I, I am using all of these things at once. It, it truly, for the most part is like either it's what is the most practical utility mm -hmm. for me to use. So like I do mostly digital art and and digital collage and things like that. So when I want to make devotional art, I do it on right. my computer. And what's closest to hand when I'm trying to record something. I've started getting arthritis in my hands. Yes. So it's harder for me to write in my book now. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's also something I have that has become a challenge. So I, you know, will figure out how I'm going to put information in my new beautiful big book. Mm -hmm. Some of it, like I did this in my small, some I may just cut and paste sections of information and, and tape it in there. Something else that I've discovered that is a problem for me when I'm trying to record shit in my book, I've been working a lot more in like trance states mm. or deep meditative states when I'm doing spell work because I connect with various spirits and deities uh, in the process of the work. And so, like, I'm so deep in it that by the time I come out again, I have, like, already forgotten half of what I did for the yeah. spell. And so it's impossible to record. So I have to just be like, I don't know, Freya helped with this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the same thing. When I, you know, when I'm doing a spell and I'm just drawn to my apothecary, and I'll start, half the time, I'll start by picking up my grimoire mm -hmm. and looking through you know, what is this, you know, correspondence and stuff. And I'll, I'll go to the cabinet for that item and then I'll be like, nah, you don't feel right. Right. It's just the vibes are wrong. The vibes are wrong. Mm -hmm. So what should I use? And I think that's an important thing. I, I'm pretty sure we discussed it at the time, but who knows? It was mm -hmm. four and a half years ago mm -hmm. is that you don't necessarily have to go by what the typical or known correspondence yeah. just because it's in. Even if it's book. just because it's what you've recorded in your book. Yeah. It may change. And they're and like, that, and that is honestly a risk. I think sometimes mm -hmm with how we structure our grimoires mm -hmm. and our, our magical books 
is we start to take our own notes as gospel. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is something that we need to, yes, we want to record, we want to remember, especially mm-hmm. if it was a spell that was very successful mm-hmm. or not, because right. you, you don't want to repeat the same yeah. spell if it's not going to work. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned this in the in the first episode. I mean, I know we mentioned, like, record your divination so that you can see how mm-hmm. they bear out. But, yeah, record even the spells, the that, spells fail. that fail. Yeah, I, And just make a note in there that, like, hey, this didn't work. Because that also tells you something. Mm-hmm. But then don't take it as gospel that you only can do the thing exactly. this way. You know, follow your intuition. Maybe exactly. it's the base of something and you build on it. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, that's the same as with any spell book. I think, I They're think, works of art and they're also work that continue. I think something that, that's difficult to keep in mind with these books is that they are living texts. Yes, they are. They're a record of where you are in the moment that you wrote them mm-hmm. and, and where you are in your path in that moment and what your relationship to the these spirits or Mm -hmm. to this practice was at that time but that doesn't have to define your practice or your relationships moving forward you can grow and then you can either create a new grimoire or add to the one you have to show how you've changed or the progress and it doesn't have to be like a spiritual notebook it can just be shown in how you put a spell together or how you do a ritual it may completely change Mm -hmm. from what you had done five years previously that was one of the things I was looking at when I was looking at like the early work in my in my first book some of it was like just stuff I don't use like I'm in my the early part of my my working book I put a lot of like alchemical symbols Mm -hmm. and moon phases and Mm -hmm. stuff like that that in practice I just don't use right so like they they're just in there because I thought I needed them when I was starting out but Mm -hmm. I don't use them ever so I probably like would not carry them through to a new book Mm -hmm. but there was also just like the way I structured spells was different yeah it was a lot more formal really ADF inspired ritual structure and I don't do hardly any of my stuff that way anymore yeah our rituals especially when we do them shared Uh tend to be a lot more freeform yeah very freeform (laughs) very casual yeah especially if we like didn't plan something and we're just doing it like with the family our rituals are very much like everybody gather around the altar who wants to offer something and what what do you think it should be and yet they're very meaningful (laughs) yeah they're meaningful they're powerful they they work you can feel the connection getting made they're just very and like we don't use flowery language Mm -mm. anymore we don't script anything. Mm-mm. We just, like, say what we're feeling, yep. what's at top of brain, and we call that a day. <laughs> yep. I might get a little more formal if I'm doing, a, you know, a ritual for other people, mm-hmm. where other people are going to be involved, especially if there's going to be, like, a, a guided meditation. Yeah. No, and I think if I was doing a public ritual, I would yeah. still do something more structured. Yeah. But, but for uh, family, for uh, yeah. in, at home? And, but honestly, yeah. I think it might even be interesting sometime, and maybe this is a, a class I'll propose at some point. I think it might be interesting at some point to do a class that is, here's the formal version of this ritual, and here's mm-hmm. the casual version oh, of this that ritual. Would be, yeah, that would be fun. And I think there's value in all of it. It is, yeah. There, there's value in all of it. And I think that's why if you do decide to to have a book, whether it's in print or whether it's on the internet or however you choose to, in photograph, you know, mm-hmm. however you choose to do it. A purely visual book, a purely I think would visual, be fascinating. That would be a very fascinating way to do a grimoire. Yeah. However you choose to do it, it's still going to be meaningful to you mm-hmm. because it's for you, by you, and shows your progress and, and how you do your work and what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, one in every thousand grimoires will be saved in someone's attic and a historian 200 years from now will unearth it and be like, ooh, this is what witches did in the 21st century. Can you imagine? (laughs) Now I'm tempted to do a completely visual grimoire 
and you know, and then hope that some but that's some, the one that survives. That's the one that survives, <laughs> and then they have to spend all this time trying to figure out what the fuck it means. Uh huh. And anthro- <laughs> anthropologists spend all this time being like, oh, so in the 21st century, all magical texts were purely photographic. This must have been a, a cryptographic sequence. That's right. <laughs> what could this possibly mean? You know? <laughs> I think that would be fun. Uh huh. <laughs> Sometimes I just like to think about how we might fuck with future right? future humans. <laughs> oh, my God. I, this is a complete bunny trail, but there was a one time when we were talking about, you know, death stuff. Burial. Burial for me. And I thought it would be fun to do a scavenger hunt. Yeah. We had a whole plan. <laughs> we literally planned out, like, how can I legally separate Gwen's ashes. ashes so that you have to follow a scavenger trail to find all of them? <laughs> Yeah, we're weird like that. <laughs> it was fun planning it, it all. Though. It was. It was, a really, it was a really entertaining exercise. <laughs> oh, gosh. And there was a map. I mean, the uh-huh, whole, yeah. whole thing. <sighs> Rochelle says, like, the people who put plastic Halloween skeletons in gap spaces under new kitchen counters. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. But for archaeology. All right. Are we, are we done with this? I think so. I mean, because we didn't plan to, like, go in-depth on how you, you know, no, do a book. No, because, again, I do think, for the most part, I still stand by the original oh, yeah. the original series. Yeah. Um, There's a few things that we would change, but... Yeah, and, and some of that stuff we've already rectified. Mm-hmm. Like, we did a new herbalism episode, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, so some of it certainly, I think, is not outdated exactly, but just, like, not presented the way I would present it now. Today, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do but still the, recommend the, people listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I still stand by it. I think the content... Content, uh, by and large, is still Valuable. still good and, and workable. Mm-hmm. But just maybe pair it with this episode where we remind you, like, hey, just do you. <laughs> just do you. That's always been kind of a mantra for us, but especially in the last couple of years, yeah. I think, is that, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, I have to do things a certain way. And doing it right. And doing it right. And then feeling like failure if, mm-hmm. if, it's, if you're not exactly mm-hmm. doing things a certain way. And that's just, you know, that's not how, that's not helpful. It's not useful. Yeah. And, and I totally get, like, it's hard to get over that mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, I struggle with that with, literally with my own grimoires. Yeah. I struggle with, like, God, why is this such a mess? Why am I not capable of making this, like, look the way I want it to? But just, it's important to just accept that this is who mm-hmm. I am and this is how mm-hmm. I function. Mm-hmm. And beating myself up over it isn't going to change literally anything. Exactly. So listen to the, you know, to the Building Your Book series, mm-hmm. then listen to this, and then listen to the Aesthetic Witchcraft one so yeah. that you know you don't have to <laughs> prove anything to anyone. <laughs> yep. Just prove, do you. Prove only to you. Prove only to you. All right. Oh my gosh. So we are going to wrap it up for this, our 200th episode. Our 200th episode. Woo! Uh-huh. We'll be back to normal, less self-aggrandizing episodes <laughs> next week. <laughs> but in the meantime, we do, mm-hmm. honestly, we do. And we say, I know we say it, have been for the last four and a half, almost five years. Mm-hmm. We love our listeners. We love each and every one of you. Every one of you is a part of the pride. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we value you because you just help us keep going. You yeah. inspire us. You definitely inspire us. A couple of years ago, I think I started asking for episode suggestions, mm-hmm. and those have been the majority of the episodes we've done since I started asking for them. You all have fascinating ideas for topics to cover. And there's still more on Facebook. There are. I think you've gotten to. There's more on Discord I haven't yeah, gotten to. Yeah. People keep adding more. So if you have a, a an episode that you'd like us to talk about, there's an episode suggestions channel on our Discord, which, mm-hmm. again, is open to everyone. It's not Patreon exclusive. Let's yeah, see. come join us on the Discord. Yep, we got the, the Facebook group. We've got... 
a website at threepigginsandacat.com. Mm -hmm. We love to hear from you mm -hmm. to know how your journey is going. And I just want to say, like, I really appreciate when you guys challenge us when mm -hmm. we say some dumb shit. Yeah. Like, we did an episode, I don't even remember what the episode was anymore, but a couple of months ago, I think, that we, like, used some outdated terminology or something mm -hmm. for, for Jewish people. Or I think I, like, I referred to ancient Semitic people with the non-preferred nomenclature. And we had, like, a really interesting discussion about that in the Discord about, like, what the preferred nomenclature was, why, what periods of time it applied to, all that kind of stuff. So, mm -hmm. oh, and then just recently we had a, a whole conversation about the Mies from Mesopotamian mm -hmm. mythology, like, not really being what I thought they were and how I described them on the podcast like they're a different thing so if you know more than us about a topic please, please tell, tell us. us in the discord because I love learning new stuff and sometimes just my research isn't enough for me to to get all the deets and to get things in as much clarity as I'd like so if you know more let me know yeah absolutely that's why we we love the the pride we love how you respond mm -hmm. how you talk to each other how you help each other it, it's fabulous it's a really like uplifting and wholesome community it I is love it, a lot. it is very much so it just means a lot to us that you have stuck with us for nearly five years and 200 episodes uh -huh. <laughs> and uh and you're just you're awesome you're the awesome yeah <laughs> all right yeah you can you can find us on those places you can find us if you google the number three and the words pagans on cat or the number three and the letters p-a-a-c send me some energy so i can get myself going back on uh Patheos pagan and writing again <laughs> that's and gwen's latest quest that's my latest quest is to get something up on Patheos uh -huh. pagan start blogging start blogging again but i am on uh instagram and i am on tiktok uh, we have a patreon where you can support us financially and help mm -hmm. us pay the rent which uh, you literally do uh-huh yep <laughs> you currently pay our rent we appreciate it immensely because otherwise that would be difficult yep means we're able to do this exactly Exactly, yeah. That we're able to do this it would, it because would be we hard. have a place to do it from. Yeah, it would be hard to do the podcast without a house. Let's see, anything else we need to... Well, the red bubble. Did you oh, yeah, we got, a, we got a red bubble where you can buy some stuff. Ode and I are going to start having our meetings, and who knows, there may be some new stuff on yes. the way once we start getting our creative juices flowing. Yes. <laughs> Give asks, you have a red bubble. When did that happen? It's been years. Always. Uh, it's, it's on, you can find a link to it on the, the website, threepackesofcat.com. <laughs> Oh my it's never made more than I think fifty dollars yep, total. Yep. <laughs> but it's there. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta start putting links like on all the episodes. Yeah, I'm really bad about that. We gotta do that. Uh, <laughs> it's just one more thing that I don't want to do after I edit. <laughs> I know, I know. We'll all talk right. about it. Yep. All right. <laughs> goodbye. Anyway, we love you. Thank you, and goodbye.